I fucking love Lair the White Worm in a in an unabashed and I know it's awful sort of way. See, I I, I, I don't pretend that. it's good. I respect that. But it yeah. but it has Peter Capaldi with a weasel in his kilt. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your co-hosts, Melissa, and this is the other co-host, Wendy. Hooray! Yay! And today we are here with Jennifer Mankin. Woo! Hello! And a studio audience of her husband, Gordon. He's back there. Woo! (laughs) Yay, studio audience! He won't be able to contain himself. Yeah, we're used to it, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jennifer works with the Bell Museum and is very knowledgeable on all things biological. So we are here today to talk to Jennifer about creatures, creatures. And creature features. <laughs> so, in case you didn't know, the Bell Museum is not a Bell Museum; it is a Natural History Museum. Yes. And I work um, with our exhibits department, and I work with our collections, our scientific collections, which means I clean and prepare dead things. So, who, who founded the Bell Museum? It was actually founded by the state in 1872 oh. in Minnesota. Okay. Um, but the name comes from the person who gave us the money to build our first building, Mr. James Ford Bell, who started a little tiny company called General Mills. Yes. I was wondering if that was the same yeah. Bell, because we have a facility at General Mills called James Ford Bell Pilot Plant. Yeah, and there's I a James it. Ford Bell Library. Yeah. And yeah, he had money. The JFB. Yeah, I, I, I actually did not know it was the same no. Bell from... Oh, look at, at him. He's such a philanthropist. Good I know. for him. Oh, know. what a good little Minnesotan. Yeah, he, <laughs> he had money during the Depression when nobody else did. So. <laughs> anyway, you know what I want? I want a museum full of dead things to come and look at. <laughs> we took so. Teddy there once. She was mostly intrigued and slightly creeped out. She was littler. She was three. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a really hard concept for little kids, actually, for just about anybody, because I hear this from adults, too. It's like, are those animals real? Well, yes, they are. Then why aren't they moving? Well, they're not alive. They're real, but they're not alive. Yeah, <laughs> they have dead batteries. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when I was when I was a kid, I didn't think twice about seeing taxidermy in museums. Mm-hmm. But over the last several decades, that certainly has out. changed. It's, yeah, yeah, it's faded out. You don't see real life. Real life dead things. Real life dead things. <laughs> real dead things. Yeah. Although there is a big resurgence in taxidermy and dioramas and all that coming kind of coming back so well i mean what's nice about it is you can you can see something without having to provide all of the support for a live animal yes also also there's um there are a lot of museum specimens that are of animals that don't exist anymore and really if you're going to study that animal those specimens are incredibly valuable yep Mm, yes all right, but first, what are we drinking, Melissa? What are you know what what are we drinking? I don't know, but it was very fruity it, when it hit my mouth. It, it's red. Um, it's a red wine. It is Protocolo, twenty eleven. Wait, uh, it's a protocol wine. Protocolo. 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 It looks like protocol. Oh, protocol. Oh, vino di Latira de Castilla. It's a Castilla. Castilla. It just says it's red wine. It's oh. just red wine, product of Spain. It's some sort of Spanish red wine. We don't yes. know. It, the the, the label is quite attractive. There's um, rows of oh, yeah. grape vineyards and a pretty castly looking thing. Oh, it, it says it's from Quick. It's from Cuenca, and I've been to Cuenca. Cuenca is very nice. Well, that's nice then. And I may point out that you're not drinking them out of matching glasses. You each nope. have your own unique glass. We do. We do. Because I have figured that if I have all of my wine glasses mismatched, then they all match in that their own way. That makes sense. Yeah. They are, they are consistently not consistent. 
They can adapt. Yeah. And given the abuses I give to wine glasses, it makes sense. <laughs> so your glasses that... are Darwinized. Yes. <laughs> These are the ones that have survived. The, the survival of the finish. Finish? <laughs> the survival of the finish. <laughs> the, the, the survival of the finish is alive and well in my kitchen. All right. So which movie do we want to start with? Mm-hmm. We have a whole list here. Whole list. We, we have, we have, well, let's, let's start with Alien because that's the one everybody's yeah. going to start with. Okay. Yeah. Alien. Yeah. Talk about okay, so monsters. Monsters and their design and the awesomeness of the movies. And yeah. Thanks. Now we all know that the design originally, the, the movie makers wanted to come up with a design that did not look like a guy in a suit. Yes. Right. And they couldn't manage that, so instead they got they got a guy who doesn't look like a real guy and put him in a suit because he's so long and incredibly lanky that it's kind of creepy. And but, did some really nice editing on the first movie so that you'd never quite see what how his body pulls out of that shape. H.R. Uh, Geiger, of course, was brought in to design the alien suit, and that design also further disguises a human form. So, yeah, so originally it was kind of the thought was that he was going to get to design kind of whatever he wanted. And then Mm -hmm. the person looked at it and said, I really like this Necronomicon cover thing. Mm -hmm. Do that. (laughs) It's like, okay. Make it more penis like. Okay. Okay. (laughs) If I have to. But whose idea was it for the extra set of teeth? Because that's really what's creepy there, right? the drooly extra set of teeth. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I think that was Geiger. I it's been a long. I, I have all the production design books, and I haven't looked at them in a long I mean, time. Because I'm honestly, that's really like oh, because what you want in a creature that size is another mouth to eat you with. <laughs> and then like, is it in the first movie or the second where you get to like see the ratchet, like the punch action of that too? It's like, ugh. I think that was in the second one because mm-hmm. I I think they're. The uh, state of special effects had advanced enough that they could actually do that by 1986. And they had to make it bigger and more aggressive, and mm-hmm. you needed more of them, too. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. And a big mama. How did, you big dis- mama. how did you discover in the first movie that its acid was blood? I don't remember. Um, they, like, they cut the face hugger. Yeah. They cut the knuckle of the face hugger, and then the blood dripped onto the floor, and it ate through the floor. Okay. Because I, I couldn't remember that, but I because but I know it was established mm-hmm. because when Ripley in the second movie is having the doubting the doubting board, it's like now these are your own words, nam 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 with acid for blood, and you're just like I hate you people. You didn't see the first fucking movie, assholes. That was some shit, man. Now, that that's one of the things about the alien design, though, that it's like. I don't quite buy is the acid for blood thing. Like, why? Why would you have acid for blood? I could see like acid for saliva as a defensive mechanism. I or but... just that the the entire creature is so toxic that maybe it just reacts that way with breathable air, which they clearly breathe as well. Yeah. My thought was always, wow, what if they found those on a planet where they aren't the top predator and the acid blood is a defensive mechanism <laughs> to that keep would them be from awesome. being eaten? <laughs> I yeah. want to see what the ecology of that planet yeah, is. Yeah, like what case. comes after aliens and, and it, to enough, to such an extent that that's a valid well, like Darwinian choice. If, if you if you think about it, they breed really really fast if they have a mm-hmm. if they have a reproductive source a host source they breed really really fast which you need then something to call their population mm. so yeah, they where are, they came from <laughs> they, yeah they are very much sort of a almost locust sort of mm-hmm. that they move in and just oh just destroy everything until they run out of hosts for their face hugging i hated the two movies after alien two after aliens i really did but i did like in alien resurrection there was one scene where they had two aliens like in a little cage and they were trying to pavlovian train them and they were Mm -hmm. doing the problem solving and they were looking at each other like yeah we're gonna kill you to get out of the cage you and me (laughs) um what do you think like rock paper scissors you can see like sort of the mental rock paper scissors you lose i'm gonna kill you so that your acid blood will melt and then I get out. Sorry, dude. I was yeah. like, that scene 
where you actually saw a relationship between two of the creatures. I thought that was super fascinating, but all the rest of it was shit. Also, also, no, no, there's one other scene that I like, which is where Sigourney Weaver actually throws a basketball over yes. her shoulder and makes the basket. Mm-hmm. For realsies. For realsies. Total luck shot. It, the, the sucky part of that scene is they they cut it wrong, or the, they framed it wrong so you don't actually see that she actually made the shot. Yeah. But so she lo- did. So it looks like a trick, a trick that somebody dropped it in there, and <laughs> nope, she did. The look on Ron Perlman's face is absolutely genuine <laughs> between that and in alien when they actually had the chestburster come out without telling the cast what was going to happen yeah i love watching their faces so much that scene's a comedy now <laughs> poor veronica cartwright that poor woman of course he's selling it totally he's oh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the spurts of blood and, uh, and, and, and bless John Hurt for coming back for space balls <laughs> hello my baby hello, hello my honey yeah. hello my ragtime yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but as a design do you... I, I, you know I like the design it's got all sorts of cool things going on it's got you know, the claws it's got the arboreal tail thing going on. I mean, mm-hmm. and they do the best they can with a guy in a rubber suit, but I would still hold the guy in the rubber suit up to a lot of the, the CG versions. I get mm-hmm. kind of sick of things crawling on walls, um, which is the general creature feature, you yeah. know, fallback is let's have it crawl on the wall. Oh, that'll be uncanny and weird yeah. and that'll creep people out. No, but, um, Although, uh, shout out for a hive mind creature. I, mm-hmm. I do, I do like whenever, uh, to use the scientific term, a eusocial animal structure Look at shows you. up. <laughs> I have a biology degree. I just haven't used it in a really long time. Yeah, I'm kind uh. of in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the, the concept of a superorganism is, is really enchanting to me in which the individual isn't necessarily the whole organism. They, it's the entire hive. It's the entire group, and they kind of all act together, and they all have their own their job, and they mm-hmm. they they perform as a single unit. That is super creepy and amazing to me. All right. So what's next? I feel like if you're going to talk about um, alien, you got to do predator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. And here's the thing: they did alien versus predator, both of which I didn't particularly like. I own them all. But um, <laughs> wait, which Alien versus Predator? Because there's there's Alien versus Predator, and then there's like another Alien versus Predator, right? Aliens versus Predators. I don't remember. I remember there was Requiem. Requiem. There, oh, well, yeah. there's the one where they are in the South Pole and they find the pyramid. Yeah. So they're like trying right. to be the thing, and and, and as it turns out that. Earth was just a preserve for the predators to come hunt aliens. But then there's the other one with, um, oh, what's it's some woman? I forget, I forget who. But where there are aliens in a small town and the predators come. Yeah, I don't. And they had, unfortunately, I think they missed their boat on that one because they had such a great alien versus predator comic book the yeah. graphic novels are really really good talking about that whole where they the predators actually make the mistake they're they're seeding this planet with the aliens to go hunt them but the earth the people have colonized and they have cattle mm-hmm. and so they seed the planet and there's hundreds if not thousands of cattle that <laughs> all get impregnated and so they're everybody's overwhelmed by the aliens uh, including the predators so wait so they're cow aliens so they're cow aliens yes and and uh, what is a cow alien like does it move <laughs> it gives acid milk it gives acid milk, <laughs> it gives acid milk. yeah that would be kind of cool weird i mean not cool like who i'd like to know anyway i felt like after aliens the next logical step was to go to the alien homeworld and we still haven't been there. No. It, which, unfortunately, it seems like Prometheus might be heading in that direction. And I don't I don't want more Prometheus. I don't. <laughs> but, I didn't hate it as much as you, but it is... Uh, well, mess. it's hard to hate it more than I do because I hate it a lot. <laughs> I, there, were, I, I, there were things I liked about it. I There was some pretty set design. But spe- speaking of biology and biologists... 
Oh, I, I know, the right? Prometheus, where oh, the little uh, snake thing comes out of the ground, God. and the guy's like, oh, is it cute? It's like, you're no. a freaking biologist! <laughs> it's <laughs> hunting like a cobra, it's going to get you! <laughs> there are so many things wrong with the geologist and the biologist. Oh, no, it's everybody like, are... in that movie is incredibly <laughs> stupid. Are you high? <laughs> There's a lot oh, of God. stupidity. Oh, but I, the, but... I liked the scene where she gave herself an abortion. I, I did. I liked I liked her smarts on that. I liked how she problem solved her way through it. And yet she's there running around with an incision in her belly. Yeah, that pro- I'm not talking about the rest of it. That's <laughs> well, really know, stupid. Laser C section. We're good. They cl- what they stapled it shut. She's fine. <laughs> Super glue. Super glue. It, it's science glue. Prometheus to me is a crap fractal. The closer I look at it, the more crap I see. <laughs> it's it, it's kind of fascinating. It's made of crap. There, it's, it, there's a weird perfection in how awful it is. It's a never-ending pit. It is crap all the way down. Crap all the way. I want to watch it with you. I do. I want to watch this movie with Melissa. And, oh. and actually, I want to watch Melissa watching this movie. That is what I want. I want oh to just... Oh, boy. That just, means I'd have to With the popcorn and just... And I'm not looking at the screen. I'm just Lots facing Melissa. Mm. Oh, maybe whiskey. Whiskey. Shot and Shot All right, but we were going to talk about Predator as yeah. a design. It's a great design. Mm-hmm. I like the tentacles. Right? He looks very alien for still being bipedal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a guy in a suit, but it's not a guy in a suit. And it yeah. also really helps that uh, the guy in the suit. It, it's kind of like you want a guy who's got body movement and he feels like he's all tense muscles when he's moving yeah versus mm-hmm. when you, if you watch any of the avp movies i think they went to the local you know high school football team and the guys <laughs> walk around like they're thunk 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 and it's like okay you're not a predator you're not moving with any grace yeah it's got no body flight you know yeah. she's got no body flight but yeah, so, I mean, a predator yeah. should have a grace, a, a be lie, that mm-hmm. they should move in a way that indicates they're going to fuck you up, and, yeah. and not just by, like, landing on you with a solid thud. And and I think that goes for any man-in-suit creature feature, mm-hmm. that you need a decent, not not even necessarily dancer, but a body actor. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean Andy there's Circus a, has made a career out of being the guy in the suit because Doug, he's so Doug Jones, and Doug Jones. Bar. Yeah, they, because they're so good at it. It's a very specified yep. skill set that is acting. It is mm-hmm. a very specialized kind of acting that is super important. I feel like actors a lot of time forget the rest of their body. They just sort of stand around loose limbed and be like, "Well, at least I'm not gesturing too much." Uh, yeah, and, which even with the with mocap technology, it's like you you still got to move. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Um, it reminded me of the story I heard about <laughs> when you said that I think they just went and got the local football team <laughs> when they filmed Lord of the Rings, and they they had all the extras line up and they sort of picked out the ones that looked the most elvish uh-huh. out of all the extras and put them in the blonde wigs. And of course, I'm sorry, but this is the way the story was told. The ones who were the most Queenie, the most all the gay people ended up being <laughs> being elves. Effete. Yeah. Effete. Like like seriously. And so as they were standing around Don't care for skin, you know. Yeah. As they were standing around waiting between shots, you know, they were describing how you'd have the orcs over there talking about getting a beer and the elves would be standing there. Oh Patrick, I don't know about your hair. <laughs> I love that idea. I want to see a female predator. Oh yeah. 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 I, I'm friends with a bunch of people who do predator costumes uh-huh. at Dragon Con. And it it's fascinating to me how they take in the predator thing on their own tangent and kind of how do other predators look? How do females predators look? Maybe different job descriptions. So they're kind and of fanfic cosplay. They're kind of fanfic cosplay, yeah. and there are like dozens of them. It's yeah. fascinating. Well, it's like, you know, in the second in the second movie, they are when they are end up on the ship, and all of them come out of the mist. They, yeah. they're all slightly different. Yeah. yeah. So, which I appreciated. I remember that. Yep. The the one thing I'm disappointed in by the Predator franchise is that I, if I remember right, the original concept, like when they made the first movie was that if, 
it got into being a franchise, these were aliens that would pop, could pop up at any time in human history. So you'd have a movie mm-hmm. set in the Old West. There, you'd have a movie set in Rome, ancient Rome, and well, you'd have yeah, yeah, and. Because they imply that, that also in the second movie. Well, yeah. That guy's gun is whatever, it's 1542 or... Well, and they well, yeah. imply it with the, the like. shitty one on the South Pole with the pyramid, that yeah. the Predators have been here regularly throughout history. I would love that. I'd want an Old I West want, I, No, I want predator. a gladiatorial combat Predator. Yeah! Going up against a Roman Legion. Yeah! I want I, a bad 1980s ninja movie with predators in it mm. it already I was want, a I want show, I know but I want I want you know show Kashugi 1980s enter the how ninja how about 19, 1960s uh-huh. like kung fu movie ninja That'd like cool Bruce Lee ninja right Bruce Lee predator I want steampunk predator mm. that'd be okay mm. that'd, that'd well, be you know okay. what a Victorian predator where the Victorian lady like kills the predator like like it's like fuck you with her hat pin. With her hat pin and her parasol <laughs> and her parasol, she just beats the fucker to death. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the men are standing around huffing. And their monocle would pop out. What did you do, madam? My word. We should talk about the Predator's face, because that'll lead into a couple of the other movies. Oh, yes, about, yes. Because the Predator is sort of the granddaddy of the split jaw, multiple, sort of insectoid almost face, although it's also got the pussy face. Yeah. So, vagina face. Vagina face. Mm-hmm. Um, which, they don't ever really show teeth. Well, they have the, so like, they the talk, spike things they on the They have the spike the, things on the, the front. Yeah. They don't ever show teeth, but they imply that they really... I mean, has a taste for has a taste for beef. So I don't (laughs) quite know what it's doing. Is it doing the fly thing? Is it doing? Well, and it seems like the split jaw thing is the the way that you make a creature alien now. Yeah. Right. Because you saw it in Star Trek reboot. You see it. um, Blade two. Blade Mm -hmm. two. I mean, just anytime there's a a critter that's supposed to be alien, it's like, oh, here's how we can make it look alien. Look, its jaw goes the wrong way. Ah. Which inherently should weaken the jaw and they always make it sound like it makes the jaw stronger yeah the muscle yeah. connection would be really odd. yeah it'd be just you could kinda... swallow really big things though like, like snakes do that yeah i mean like the only really useful thing is to swallow big things or like to spit acid on it and slurp it up yeah like if you, you could really like get a nice hose of acid on that thing and then like <laughs> yeah yeah i did that that's right that happened <laughs> Now I'm just thinking of a monster design where it's just a sort of trunk that comes down and just slurps crap up. I feel like there was something like well, that. Well, the fly kind of did that because he's turning into yeah, a fly with the, and he's With the proboscis thing. And yeah. the, the fly. Oh, my God. That's a gross movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, Cronenberg's fly. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Cronenberg's fly. It's just so moist and gooey. It's, well, Cronenberg it's exceeds that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> An interesting take on DNA splicing. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of things. I, I mean, if you think about the science of the movie, most of it just falls apart right away. Because why? I don't would... know what you're talking about. You know the the. I no, it's no, it's perfectly reasonable, Melissa. <laughs> no, but, but I think you're just being entirely too pedantic. Well, the, the, I can I can be totally pedantic about those teleporters, but but <laughs> what sell what, what sells the fly? Th- this is what I find interesting. What sells the fly is the way he becomes not human, and also the human relationship. I mean, you get invested in the two char- two main characters and it helps sell the rest of it. It's always interesting to me what you can and can't get away with when you're doing hand waving and saying it's science and it really isn't. Yeah, but I science. I also really appreciate in a movie when they're just like it's science go with it. Thank you. Don't try to justify it, don't try to explain it. You this is your MacGuffin. Just tick off that box and move forward. Right? But but sometimes you don't buy it. I mean, it has to be plausible enough that you can say, "Okay, that's believable in the split second that you're hearing or seeing it." So and what then don't you move you, on. What don't you buy about it, Melissa? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, Madam Heisenberg. Oh, I know, I know. It, it's the the concept that the the machine would 
splice the genomes together in any way that would be this progressive he'd come out first as human yeah and then be a progressively more oddly right. enough the the original 1950s fly is strangely more believable right or it just right squishes the two parts together and that's where you go with it yeah 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 i mean the machine should have and it's always kind of bothered me the machine should have still spit out two different organisms right Oh, you had a small organi- organism and a big organism. Now, it might have gotten so, fucked up as to what went where, but there should still be a small organism and a big organism. Yeah, and beyond that, human beings are walking bags of bacteria. I mean, there are actually more non-human cells in a human body than human cells. You're coated with nematodes, yeah. all those sort of things. mites and Really, I'm just a colony. And, I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah. a space station. You are yeah. fertile fauna. Yeah. I'm just a space so, station. So why didn't he turn into a eyelash mite or Wee. a bacterium or an amoeba? Ooh. <laughs> you know? Speaking of amoebas, the blob. The blob. Yeah. Good segue. Yeah, I'm the queen of the segue tonight. Very Yay. Grew up watching horror movies. One of the very few horror movies to actually scare me was the blob. In particular, the scene in the movie theater where it oozes through the vent. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we had vents like that in our house, and it was like, so for the next, you know, three years well, of my life, it's like it's coming through the vent in my house. The, the, the smallest part of it can get you, and it can squish through any opening. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. That's ter- it's, like, it's like the thing, you right? You can't, you don't know what you're dealing with, and it could look like anything, and the thing also had that blobby sort of aspect yeah. of... You know, ooh, I've got a tentacle. I'm touching you. I'm touching you. Now you're me. Ha. <laughs> yeah. The thing has that additional layer, though, where it allowed them to go into full paranoia mode. Yeah. Because since it could also mimic everything perfectly, even to the point where the thing that it's impersonating does not know that it's the thing. I don't know if I believe well, that. I, they, they, I, they kind of struck upon that in the movie. And, and I think sometimes they knew and sometimes they didn't know. I think they knew they just were acting. I always thought that way. Hmm. Oh, we have a philosophical disagreement about that movie. That's okay. Maybe, That's it, okay. maybe it's like the whole zombie ant fungus thing. <laughs> yes, the zombie ant fungus. What? Oh, what? yes. What? What? <laughs> please, please, please tell oh, our gosh. listeners about the zombie. Elucidate. Zombie oh, ant fungus. I don't fungus. even know this one very well. But I, I can probably but, fill in some gaps. Yeah, but there's fungi that take over the nervous system of ants. It's mm-hmm. kind of a reproductive model so it yeah, takes over the nervous system of ants yeah and it, the ants basically become puppets for the fungus to help it reproduce so they move around and, and, and then they, they'll die someplace else and more fungus will grow yeah they the the fungus takes over their brain well quote brain ganglia to the point where it actually guides them to a place where they can die in a place that's advantageous for the fungus to spread oh but they don't know that that's what they're doing. They're yeah. just like, I want yeah. to go over here. Suddenly yeah. I want cookies. There are giant bugs <sighs> in the mist. But see, see the mist, I, in fact, the people who saw my quote after I watched it, my, my quote after it was, I would rather be meat than juice. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that came from watching the mist. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I'd rather that big thing rip me in half and ate my head than I got wrapped up and sucked up. And, <laughs> and I posted that on Facebook, and immediately people were like, oh, you would just watch the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point, though. I think that would be, like, how would you rather die? I think most of us would rather be meat. A lot of pain really fast and then done, as opposed to, yeah. Slurpy. Slowly knowing Feeling yourself be digested? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm getting grossed out. Speaking of split mouths, we can go into worms because you oh. have in Dune you have the, the also the graboids with you, the with the, the that kind of trifoil yeah well that mouth. that that almost tulip mouth right yeah the yep. flower mouth that opens up and like blah, which then. is not unknown in worms I mean, mm-hmm. something very similar in worms and usually you end up then with a and then the graboids and from tremors have kind of they have the tentacles on the inside but a lot of times yeah. you have a, a multi-layered mouth system so that they can, you know, grab dirt, push it into the system, push it out of the system, or push it, you know, around. Mm-hmm. 
Pocket gophers have kind of the same thing. <laughs> they have that whole lip thing that they can do so that they're not getting dirt down their throat. Well, it's like you yeah. eat our dirt. tongue kind of does that, right? It sort of like grabs it and shoves it around in the, in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's kind of a tentacle. It's just this soft, fleshy thing that's just a muscle. I have mm-hmm. a tentacle in my mouth. <laughs> but I mean. I love Tremors. I love Tremors. <laughs> Tremors is the best. <laughs> Tremors was so, so hard. Tremors was one of those surprise movies that I saw. It's like, I love this creature design. I love the characters. I love what's going on. It's like, this kind of makes sense. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. There's It reacts to vibrations, and, and so they end up on the roofs, and then what are you going to do? Oh, yeah. There's a Never lot. been so scared for a kid on a pogo stick before. <laughs> I know. Well, there's the whole scene when they're on, like, the giant uh, poles, like, mm-hmm. leaping from rock mm-hmm. to rock. Do, do they run it into a... a it, into an... Uh, it, it's like a reservoir. A, a aqueduct uh, sort of a... a yeah, yeah, the big concrete yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kaboom! It, it's so... It's a movie that you can tell wasn't made to be that ingenious, but it wound up being ingenious. Mm-hmm. It's very clever. Yeah. Yes. It's very, very clever. And then the sequels are not so clever. Not so and clever. We have they to end add up with hopping things. Hopping ones. What the hell? It's a <laughs> they worm. Needed, Why they, is needed it so, they needed something that could go upstairs. So A worm can go upstairs. <laughs> Hello. Broke into the wrong goddamn rec room. <laughs> That's right, bitches. Oh, wait. Um, I want to talk about signs because I want to bitch about. Oh, yeah, let's let's <laughs> bitch about signs for a minute. Yeah, speaking of creature designs that just don't work. Uh, well, I mean, it's your classic sort of alien, alien gray. gray, boring. Which yeah. you know, whatever you know, whatever. Yeah. It's still creepy, right? The yeah. alien gray. I mean, yeah, even when you try when it walks in front of the. the yeah. I mean, even in, when you make it lovable, like in Close Encounters, there's still something a little creepy about you're too skinny, you're too long-limbed, and your mm-hmm. eyes are too big, you look insectoid, I'm freaked out by you. But why the fuck would you come to a planet that is 80% water if you die when water touches you? <laughs> and you you aren't Naked. wearing in a suit and the yeah. air... Well, okay, if we assume they breathe, they're breathing in water and they're touching water. And, um, anybody who knows anything about how corn, how corn grows mm-hmm. and why it grows the way it does, it's actually set up to collect water um, yeah. on it's a it, very in juicy its stocks. Be- juicy vegetable. Um, so they're running through this in the middle of the morning or the middle of the night. It's like... It would be eviscerating them. The corn <laughs> would kill these people. They would not be children of the corn. They would be the aliens that are now dirt because the corn killed them. Well, I mean, they can they can see from space <laughs> that Earth is covered in water and clouds. And why are they coming down again? I don't know. I don't know. They, I don't they think watch, they address that in the movie. They Well, they pick up the boy... Like they're gonna do something to him. Maybe what? they're just not familiar with water at all. Now that said, a brief aside. Oh. <laughs> like they're unaware that they're that it's allergic. Like they've well, never yeah, encountered yeah, it before. Encountered. They're it's like, like they it's can like build... me eating mango for the first time and then you know trying to kill me. They can build spaceships, so presumably they've seen other astronomical objects. Now wait, wait, wait. If we were traveling through space, we learned this on Star Trek, you could encounter things that you did not know were damaging to you. But comets. Comets are made of water. It's true. And five five minutes after you were on the planet, you would discover water. Ow. And And then you would leave. leave. And then you would figure out a suit. This is bad for us. Let's put on our suits before we go down. Now that said, I find the first half of the movie delightful. I do. Oh, I I agree. Uh, it had a very strong start to it because um, in in his uh, in his days of yore, M Night Shyamalan could build suspense like a mofo. Well, and there's great relationships happening and yeah. great characters, and Joaquin Phoenix is incredibly likable mm-hmm. in that movie. There's, I mean, I find Joaquin Phoenix's character to be the most delightful one in there because he's so wide-eyed and just willing to go along and when he puts the little tinfoil hat on and then he's watching the tv in the closet and he sees the alien he's like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) is i yeah and then like halfway through i go i guess i'm watching the rest of this 
Yeah. Mm. No, that's where it went. It yeah. just went straight down. When you were born, they said you looked just like an angel. And so every glass of water you've drunk out of is holy water, and that's why it burns them. Seriously, I heard that was a theory or something. I know. <laughs> no. Just barf. No. Just, if you, if you have to try that hard. It was barf. It was just barf. <laughs> you know what it was? It was barf, which would also destroy them because it would be water. It would be Bar. It would be liquid. <laughs> wow. I could have acid barf. It would, I mean, aliens. barf is acidic, but it could be like extra like, oh, look, an alien. You know what my defense mechanism is? Blech. <laughs> wow. I'm going to try that. If I ever get abducted by aliens, the first thing I'm going to try is barfing on it. I'm going to say, I'm the sea cucumber. <laughs> Pitch Black is probably my favorite biology movie. Because if you look at it sequentially... Even though everything is convenient, they've actually set up an environment for these creatures. And they don't tell you about it, but if you're watching it, you figure it out. Okay, explain. So, because I just love it from an action point of view, but mm -hmm. it would be fun to hear a biology yes. point of view. So you, you have a planet that goes through cycles. They don't quite say how long their wet cycle is, but obviously it's years mm -hmm. or it. It's years. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's years. Because <laughs> um, they don't go that far on the armillary. So everything there has learned to live in this widely changing environment. So you have your um, sonar-driven night creatures, which also have a great sense of smell, obviously. But they're living underground in a colony that obviously has... These really cool tunnel things that come up to the surface, which definitely probably cooling their underground thing. You also, when you're pulling water or you're pulling air across that kind of surface, it'll pull water from the bottom. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're probably pulling water from deep in the ground, and that's kind of what they're probably living off of. Or, or they they slept all that time. They're estivating. Mm -hmm. So, ooh, sciencey word. I know science word. <laughs> Opposite of hibernate. Hot, dry. Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, so you got those guys going on. Um, and then as it gets to be night, um, you've got... Now, they don't quite explain whether the little guys and the big guys are the same species. They might be different species, or they might just be different life stages of those species. Juveniles mm -hmm. versus adults. Juveniles versus adults, and the adults are eating the juveniles at some point because <laughs> there's not a lot of food options at that moment mm -hmm. um haven't quite figured out the giant tree buffalo yet but they're they're kind of a cool <laughs> thing maybe they maybe they're buried down in the mud and will come up later it's just that they're really deep and so they got it takes a while for the water to get that deep but i love the sequence when they get to the cave and if you're watching that sequence and if you're sort of psychologically timing it it takes a certain amount of time for water to get through soil when it's really really dry and as they get to about that point the little the little uh they look like um they don't look like nematodes they look like nudibranchs the little mm -hmm. nudibranch guys come out the little slug guys come out and so they were sleeping in the soil once the soil gets wet they come out and if you live on a planet where you have things that will eat you that are sensitive to light, what do you do? You bioluminesce. Mm -hmm. Of course and you do. so they bioluminesce. And so there's, a, there's actually a reason for them to have these little critters that they can then, you know, put in their little whiskey jar and, and you know, run around with or brandy. It's brandy? Cognac? Nice drop. Booze. It's one of those. It's booze of some it's sort. It's booze. Although what gets me is they start out... With huge, powerful lights wrapped all the way around yeah. them. And then finally they're down to just sort of a bottle that vaguely glows. <laughs> and it still works, really? Well, see, by that point, by that point, the pitch black creatures are in full-on breeding mode because they're mm -hmm. doing the head button thing and mm -hmm. the tail shaking thing. So, you know, they don't really care because they're all horned dogs at that point. Yeah, well, they've been asleep and it's time to get it on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's what happens, you know. You I like go it. to an African pan and and they have the toads there. And I like it when Vin Diesel is staying in its blind spot. Yeah, <laughs> can't see me. You can't see me. Shouldn't it be able to smell him though? He's right there. Well, yeah, not everything has great smell, but 
Yeah, but they, I mean, they imply that they, they imply can spell. It. But, they imply it. But on the other hand, maybe it's not spelling with, maybe it's not his nose. Mm. Maybe it spells with its tail instead, because mm-hmm. they do that thing with mm-hmm. the tail. Oh, yeah. Well, or it had, maybe it's just getting down with Vin Diesel, because that's pretty awesome. Well, it had that oh, very, yeah. speaking of the vertical being, like, you know, the vertical jaw, right? It had that very strong vertical front bony part mm-hmm. thing, too, right? Because they use that headbutt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they need a modified place. Which, my, my one thing is, depending on where the absorber is for their sonar... If they're headbutting and that's the same place as their sonar spot, <laughs> they're like just like, whoa! I'm knocking myself out. Uh, that's but. poor. That would be poor design. Yes. Poor God! What were you thinking if you designed these creatures and if I believed in you? So but- my my theory is that the planet from Pitch Black, a million years later, a few million years later, is Arrakis. <laughs> <laughs> the same planet. And you know the, those life forms have evolved and but there's never and... a drop of rain on Arrakis. But Melissa. but I, it's it's a collapsed ecosystem. Oh okay yeah. okay. Also, you, I w- I would l- just like to say I'm kind of sick of seeing planets where it's all one biome. Yeah, like you don't you go all the way around the entire planet and it's exactly the same. It's like this is the desert planet. It's all desert. Well, dark crystal. Yeah, dark crystal dark has crystal. at least. Two yes. or three different biomes. Yes, dark crystal I can get behind. I really... Or you can there's... go with the whole Flash Gordon thing where you have little tiny bull planets yes. that are in different biomes. Yeah, yeah I won't I even get into that. I liked dark crystal in terms of design. It's just a pity. Oh, it's yeah. such a slog to get through. <laughs> it really is. It's very steadily paced. Yeah. 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 And it focuses on the Gelflings. Yeah. When everything else on the planet is more interesting. Yeah, pretty much. Although I do like the, you've got wings. Of course I've got wings. I'm a girl. Yeah. I just throw away. I'm like, thank you. I just, I love it. Of course I've got wings. I'm a girl. What, are you dumb? (laughs) There was a user in YouTube that actually took some of the unused footage from Dark Crystal and tried to reconstruct what the original vision for dark crystal was i don't know if you've seen it jennifer but it they did the entire movie you know and most of the the rescued footage is like black and white it's not in mm-hmm. great condition but they re-edited it so that the reveal and the begin of all the elements in the beginning are very very different mm-hmm. the skexies don't speak english you know the, one speaks latin and one speaks greek yeah the mystics and, speak greek and the skexies speak latin yeah and um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. and there which is, is there's... which is why the um like the mouth is really off. Yeah, because they actually sh- they actually showed it. They showed it in London, and and it bombed. People, it, people were um confused. Yeah, this <laughs> did they have subtitles? I don't. Nope. I don't <laughs> well, at least uh, the cut I saw didn't. Oh my I, god! I haven't yeah. seen it with subtitles. But you know what? It's cut that was cobbled together on YouTube. It may have been taken down by now. I don't know, but. The cut that was put together on YouTube, I found it really enjoyable in that, yes, I've seen the movie before, but it's been a long time, and watching these scenes play out in a language I did not know, and yet I could still understand what was going on. It's because Mm -hmm. those scenes are very, very visual. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like watching The Passion of the Christ without subtitles, only better. (laughs) Yeah, we've you could actually about... understand pretty much what's okay. They're challenging. Okay, this guy's dead. They're challenging yep. each other, and all right, I can follow yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, it would probably make it more interesting because instead of hearing the words that now have rendered the action redundant, you're mm-hmm. like actually having to pay attention. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I it, thought the mystics were kind of neat. They were very elephantine yeah. with their long tails, <laughs> and <laughs> and I like that one was very circular and swirly and the other was very angular yeah. right yeah so the skexis are vulture like yeah so yeah the, the great masterpiece of the dark crystal is the production design it's just oh and the phenomenal. and the, the beetle guys i love the beetle guys the, the beetle guys are the best the gartham are yeah. so cool. and they, they got all the wiggly parts and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. i like i do like the behind the scenes footage of the guys in the beetle suits they're mm-hmm. having too much fun <laughs> i would have had so much fun in a beetle suit yeah, my... i'm a beetle i'm a beetle so let's talk about godzilla in terms of a biological point right 
What I liked about the newest Godzilla was he, like, actually had weight. Yes. Yes. I yes. like the rolling still, still not quite enough. Let's be honest, something that huge would have collapsed all of the substructure in a city. It probably would have collapsed itself, but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll skip that part. <laughs> Lessons of scale. Lessons of scale. No, 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 no. No, but if something that heavy stepped onto a city, all of the sub-tunnels of sewers yeah. and... And subways and all of the things that we don't even think about would have all just gone crump down every time he stepped. Every time he stepped, he would have been stepping in like 40 feet of collapsed substructure. Well, especially in San Francisco. Yeah. Lots of underground stuff. (laughs) Well, See, they should have put it in Austin where you're walking on bedrock. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) So now it versus Austin. (laughs) (laughs) We had to walk a long way from the ocean. (laughs) That's that's kind of a hike, you know. But they came up through the Gulf of Mexico. It's not that far. The Muto wasn't that far. Come on, they went all the way into. They Texas went all is huge. The, Texas is huge, yes. but they went to Las fucking Vegas. They could get to Austin from well, the Gulf the of Mexico. Well, the Mutos could fly. Godzilla gets there. No, Godzilla got to uh, San Francisco. Oh, that's Godzilla right. never got to Las Vegas. Yeah, there was the ridiculous thing where they burst out of the mountainside and they don't notice till they, op- they open a door. I know, right? It's like, yeah. you didn't feel the mountain burst away well i love that they're looking out the hole and there are like aircraft out there they should know that there's a hole in the side of the when they came when they went oh shit that thing we put in the thing (laughs) there should have been somebody already on the phone of dudes we got a giant hole what the fuck did you put in our mountain What'd you put in our mountain? We had a nice mountain here, and then you put that thing in there, and now we don't have a nice mountain anymore. This is why we can't have nice things. uh, But, (laughs) yeah. I can't defend that. (laughs) Okay, but. But, 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 Godzilla did have weight and and scale. And scale. I think the new Godzilla movie does scale better than any Godzilla movie I've ever seen. I like that he had junk in his trunk. Like when oh, yeah. he moved there were like ripples of flesh, right? Yeah. Well he yeah. had the he had that uh snapping turtle and Kyla's <laughs> doing the serpentine. Yeah. When when he moved his head back and forth like when he's yelling. Yeah. His throat waddle moved. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was... Like there was inertia happening mm-hmm. with his body, which I really liked. The implied wake and the swimming scenes are great. So but Oh yeah, and and that's a thing that was one of many, 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 many things that were missing in the Roland Emmerich 1998 Godzilla. Uh, in comparison talking to talking about scale issues, yeah, Whoa. talking about scale issues, like but also an eyeball issues. as big as the tunnel. Where's the rest of him? And especially since it was supposedly moved through the tunnels. It's like if yeah. the eyeball is that big. Where's the rest of him? <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense, you moron. But also... And that's how I feel about that. But also, <laughs> there's not a sense of weight and scale to the CGI that they were using yeah. Oh, in God, no. And, and it was and a whereas, terrible creature design. Well, yeah. It was, like, oh, it, it was yeah. some sort of Komodo dragon-y thing. Well, you know, there, there are things I can get behind in that design as a monster, but not as Godzilla, because but, it's not recognizably Godzilla. No, and this monster looked like fucking Godzilla. Well, he did. And... But comparing the Roland Emmerich production to the men in suit Japanese Godzilla films, mm-hmm. the thing that the Japanese men in suit Godzilla films had all over the American, the previous American one was that they had weight because they were actually actual yeah. suit people in suits stomping, stomping yeah. around on shit. And that's, I mean, that's just true of. I think they're just starting to get there with CGI yeah. in terms of weight. Because it's like I've always held up puppet or animatronic or guy in suit. Holds practical up, effects. Practical effects hold up against most CGI because of that difference in weight. So what you gain, what you gain in design variability for CGI, you lose in... Weight in and that, structure. In that sort of lizard brain sense of, no, this is yeah. what it would feel like. And I think God, Godzilla is one of the very first movies where that, you you start to really get that. Oh, absolutely. That feel. But you and hate the design, you have problems with the design of the Muto. Well, here's my thing with the Mutos. I hate the Cloverfield monster 
I hate <laughs> that it's then used in Abrams Star Trek. They just paint it red. Uh, and it has some of the same design elements to it. That weird jointed leg system, which I'm not... <laughs> Okay, I'm not really... listeners. It's great radio, but over in the corner, there's there's Gordon doing this weird sort of arm walking. Look at me, I'm a creature. Thing. Our, our studio audience yes. is very entertaining right now. <laughs> it's our a shame you can't see one. it. No, but why didn't we do a video podcast? Oh, that's right. Nobody needs to see us this drunk. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, there's things I don't like about the I don't know the spindly nature of it. But I do like what they did behaviorally with the Mudos. Oh, that was fantastic. I, I love the I love the fact that the male is smaller than the female, which is very very common. I love that the does he does the little mating gift um, <laughs> stuff. And it's, it's like you, you there is emotion there, just like if you watch a really good uh, Richard Attenborough you know, the mm-hmm. life of birds. I want I want Richard Attenborough to do the life of monsters. Oh, I would pay so much money to see that. I know, just... I'd kickstart uh, the shit out of that. I mean, that. yeah, like yeah. some sort of nature video for these are how these monsters made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you're right. There was something sort of... There was a relationship between those two yeah. creatures, and you could see it, and it made it sort of endearing, but because it caught your attention, it made them more terrifying. You're like, oh, shit. We have to kill those motherfuckers, and we got to do it soon. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Or we are toast, man. But but the, it's that little touch that makes it so engaging. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it did make me stop and consider: what is my monster preparedness plan? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, right? Rule number one: small town in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Well, that's when the graboids come for you. Well, that's true. That's true. You are not safe anywhere. You really aren't. (laughs) Yes, and you can be in the collapsed farm, and then it's the the Martians. Yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah. The Martians, who should be afraid, but are too stupid to know it. You should be afraid of the corn. (laughs) Didn't you see that awful movie? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> children of the corn takes on a new meaning now right? <laughs> what if it was children of the corn versus aliens and... makes you want to have a corn monster now doesn't I it? do kind of want a corn mo- well corn is a monster as we all know ecologically and economically <laughs> <laughs> you know one of the first big monster movies I saw as a kid was them them. them ants are freaky ants are freaky they, they have a lot of legs and they got the pinchers mm-hmm. but they don't have any weight in that movie at all they just sort of walk around yeah well you they you don't even they don't even walk around they look menacing over the edge of the sand dune yeah but you know they make up for it with that really awesome sound <laughs> we were well we were talking about the foley and the thing right foley yeah. can go a long way towards making yeah. things very disturbing I, I am always interested in the giant insect movies because on land that that really wouldn't work in real life because an exoskeleton gets so heavy mm-hmm. above a certain size. Well, and they're just I mean, goo inside. Yeah, and they're just goo inside. Oh, they, they o- their open respiratory system also wouldn't function well enough. Oh, yeah. so much science. Yeah, yeah. so much yeah. science. See, in, in the ocean, you can get larger things with exoskeletons. Mm-hmm. Because, Cthulhu. Yeah, because the, the water helps support the, the weight of the exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah, clearly yeah. there are giant crabs and giant lobsters, mm-hmm. right? Well, and Just waiting to eat us all. You can go, and they're tasty. And you can go back to the whole blob thing now in the ocean because now that jellyfish are going to basically take over the ocean, I mean, they're almost sinking ships that are pulling up so much weight in jellyfish. Yeah. So giant wads of amoeba blobs yeah Mm -hmm. oh that's terrifying we we broke the earth man we broke the earth i think jellyfish are just yes the ocean is gonna be jellyfish and humble there's no brain there Mm -hmm. there's no brain there it's just all tentacles and eating well it's a it's a neural net really it's just just stay on the top that's we that's what we learned from finding nemo so we really 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 we need to work on protecting 
uh, sea turtles in particular, leatherback sea turtles in particular, because they eat jellyfish. Yes. Yay, leatherback sea turtles. <laughs> eat the creepy things. Eat all the creepy things. Yay, charismatic macrofauna. Please eat the creepy things for us. <laughs> so much science. What? I actually studied leatherback sea turtles. I spent weeks sleeping on beaches in Puerto Rico. It was a rough job. That's a, <laughs> Somebody was, had there to do. Some Where? was there some no, rum? No, there was no rum, actually. Because I drank a lot of rum in Puerto Rico. You weren't doing it right. Where, where were you studying in Puerto Rico? It was actually a small island between uh, Puerto Rico and U.S. Virgin Island called nice. Uh, Culebra. Nice. So, and we were doing nesting surveys not, not on leatherbacks, thing. which if you aren't familiar with leatherback sea turtles, are the largest sea turtle in the world. Um, the record is a male. The females are smaller because they have to come up on the beach to nest. But the record for a male is eight and a half feet long and a 10 foot wide flipper span in 2,000 pounds. So, oh, that's yeah. big. Yeah. And they're black. Yeah. All black. They've got ridges. So they're stealthy. And they're really smooth because they're leatherbacks. They don't have the ridges on them or they don't have scoots on the outside. And then they have little purple and blue kind of mottled spots. They're really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> See, my work in Puerto Rico wasn't nearly that fun. <laughs> I was working on a website for the international. The brief time I department. was in Puerto Rico, I seriously just drank rum. I, I also learned that originally the island was named San Juan and the city was named. Puerto Rico, port of riches. And then somebody on a map somewhere got fucked up and we're <laughs> stuck with it to this day. It must be the room. Oh, we should ask Jennifer our questions. Yes, yes, Uh-oh. we should. Okay, okay, okay. No, this is super easy. You'll like them. Okay. Okay, so first question Who are you? Who am I? Who yeah, are you? That's question well, number one. What's your name? What's your name? I'm Jennifer Mankin. Yay! Yay! And number two, what do you do? I work at the Bell Museum of Natural History, and I uh, do exhibits, and I clean dead things. And do you do anything oh. else? You do other things. What else do I do? You make you make finger puppets. I make finger puppets. And, and, I do and silhouettes. Costumes. I use the costume a lot more than we do. I do artwork. I yeah. I I own. I collect tiki I, mugs. You're in my Venn diagram of artists. Okay. I, I have you. I have you under the artist category as well. I think I own at least fifteen of your finger puppets. Yes, I, I yes. love your finger puppets. <laughs> My husband sews most of the bodies of the finger puppets, mm-hmm. and I do most of the assorted the decor. face decor. Right now, I, am, I know you. Have... I am a puppet right now. Yes. I have two buttons on my shirt that are eyeballs. I should take a selfie and we can post it. And then you can all stare at my eyeballs. <laughs> that are conveniently placed. <laughs> so your breasts are puppets now. Officially. <laughs> I, there's so much I could say that I'm not gonna. Right there. It, I, did, I walked away from it. Save it for the next podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I walked away. Or the outtakes. Oh, yay! yay! All right. So question number three... What is in your personal pleasure dome? If you were to create a woman cave for yourself. <laughs> if Xanadu in Kublai Khan did decree your vision, what would be in it? Well, um, we have lots and lots and lots of tikis. We like tiki mugs. Ooh. Oddly, I don't drink, but I love tiki mugs. <laughs> Yes, I like, listener, we I, have I like a, we using have... rum to cover fruit. So I, I like drunken fruit salad. So I sort of inadvertently drink by eating drunken fruit. Um, okay. okay. But uh, a library. Yeah. <laughs> a library. library filled with tiki mugs. Okay. Library of tiki mugs and art books. And okay. then I, I'm not supposed to have a skull collection um, because it's considered a conflict of interest with work. But otherwise, yeah, skull collection and huh? skulls. A conflict of interest. I'm trying to parse that. How is owning skulls a a conflict of interest? So if you work with a scientific collection, you're usually not allowed to maintain a collection of your own outside of that on the concept that you are more likely to inadvertently or advertently... uh, steal and or corrupt the scientific collection that you work with. Oh, that actually makes a certain amount of sense. Interesting. Question number four. Okay, question number four. Give us a Pleasure Dome recommendation. I recommend Harper Goff. 
Harper Goff. He is an unsung hero of design in movies, basically. Uh, My favorite story and movie, probably, of all time is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yay! The Disney version. He designed the Nautilus. Uh, He also designed... The Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate Factory. <gasps> oh, yay! That's right. That's where I know the name from. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, um, and in fact, if you can see, find the 50th anniversary edition of 20,000 Leagues, there is uh, like a making of. He's also the one who teaches to Kirk Douglas uh, to play the guitar and do the spin thing that he does when he's singing um, his Ooh. song in there. So, Harper Goff. There, there's my... Seek out Very Well, I'm going to tag on that. Edith Head, if you fuckers don't know about Edith Head. Oh, that woman knew how to put a dress on a girl. Harper Goff's very first job was doing helping doing lighting for Casablanca. So if you want to... Oh, and the lighting in that is... Have you seen the latest, like, cleaned up, remastered? Yeah. It's... Do not colorize that. Movie. Oh, it's so <laughs> it's beautiful. It's so gorgeous. It is All right, lovely. listeners, this has been the Xanadu 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 the Xanadu Xanadu. This has been the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I have been Wendy. That has been Melissa and our special guest Jennifer Bacon. Yay! 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 Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time, which might be a drunker episode. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Anybody need any pillows or items of comfort? <laughs> items of <laughs> comfort. items of comfort. <laughs> I'll take a pillow. Yay, pillow! You're I, love, I love that. Items of comfort. <laughs> items of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. <laughs> <laughs>